0: Hello and welcome to the mentor. I'm Mark Boris. This week I'm joined by Edwina Sharrick. and she's the founder of a business called Birthbeat. Birthbeat runs online antenatal classes, that's before you give birth, for pregnant women, right from conception through the day the baby's born and beyond, by the way. And there are courses in this for dads too. So she recognises both sides of the story. Birthbeat is Australia's only online antenatal classes that are recognised by a private health insurer, that is HCF by the way, which means people can use their insurance to pay for the service, and it's a pretty reasonably priced product and or service. Edwin is a midwife herself and a registered nurse, and has really made this idea grow. It's her game, her business, her start-up, and it's a bloody great business, so let's get into it. Edwina Sharrock, welcome to The Mentor.
1: Thank you, Mark, for having me.
0: And uh, sorry I had a mishap getting <laughs> here. I heard you fell over. <laughs> a trip.
1: I, I was going to say, I think it would have been pretty comical if everyone saw a girl in a blue shirt roll down George Street. That was me.
0: That's. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, You've come all the way from Singleton? No, Tamworth, Mark. Tamworth is my and home. You've come all the way from Tamworth? Yes. So How do you get to Tamworth? Are you, I was going to say,
1: 4 a.m. start. Yeah. I live out of town, so drove to the airport and then on the 6 o'clock flight. So 45-minute flight.
0: 45, that's pretty good.
1: It man. is. It's great. It's very accessible. And home you've to you've got night. to get
0: from there to here. It probably takes longer to get from Sydney Airport to into the yeah. city. And then when you're rushing around, you fell over.
1: Yeah. There's commitment there. A
0: total <laughs> commitment. Well, thanks very much for doing that, and, and it is a long way to come, and I really appreciate it. Now, I, I guess I want to know – let's just unpack this a little bit. I want to know a little bit about you. So i 've already asked you we're you related to Glenn Sharrock but I think Sharrock is spelled differently to uh, Glenn's name so you're not a member of the Little river band um <laughs> nor is your husband because you're married yeah yes for kids
1: that's my married name yes Polly and Theodore
0: Polly and Theodore how old are they
1: four and six four
0: and six and your background so take me through your background in terms of training
1: okay so um clinical background yep registered midwife registered nurse so I've been a Registered nurse for mm, 17 years. But
0: what does it take to become registered midwife as opposed to registered nurse? So, registered
1: nurse came first here in Sydney, and that's a three year degree. Right. And then, to become a midwife at the time that I became a midwife, it's then another 12 months at university, and you have to have 20 women that you follow through and deliver 20 women's babies.
0: 20 babies, right. Yeah, yeah, that sort of Before gets you, you get ticked your, off. Right. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, since then, though, because there is a shortage of midwives in Australia, we now have what we call direct entry, where they're midwives but not registered nurses. So there's that's why when I introduce myself, I say registered nurse and registered midwife, because we've got a lot of direct entry midwives
0: starting in Australia. Does that mean that there are... People out there who are now um, midwives, and I guess men can be a midwife. Yes. Yeah. Um, They've only done one year. Uh, No, they do do two years. Two years. Yeah. Okay, but they don't have to become a a registered nurse They don't have to be a a nurse, yeah. So they're a specialised registered midwife. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Okay, cool. And is that a new thing?
1: It is a new thing. I think that's been six years that you can do direct entry, so we're seeing more and more come in, which is great.
0: But is that that a... As a result of there being a shortage of midwifery people around the place, it is. Is that the word Mid- midwifery? Midwives. It, is yeah. there such a word as midwifery? Yeah. That's so the that's midwifery
1: of it. is the function, and yeah. I'm, and as a collective, we're midwives.
0: Right. So, uh, how many years did you work as a midwife and registered? 13 nurse? Thirteen years. I've been 30s. a midwife.
1: Yeah. Right. yeah. Did you go straight into it? I didn't. I um, I actually did what's called NICU, so the teeny tiny premature babies, and I did that at RPA in Sydney. And then actually moved home to regional Tamworth and you couldn't work in a NICU. They only exist in the cities. So I thought midwifery was the next best thing. And I actually loved that for many years. But I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, I think is the best way to describe it. Love all things lights and sirens. So then came to emergency nursing and worked with the Westpac Retrieval Helicopter Service. And then did five years with New South Wales Fire and Rescue as a retained firefighter. I'm still always nursing as well. And then have come back to my nursing and midwifery.
0: So all this time was in Sydney?
1: No, all no. in ta- oh, the last 13 years. Last so 13 I years started in midwifery in Tamworth. So you've got a
0: big hospital there, I presume?
1: We're, we do a 1,000 births a year. Right. Well, yeah, so sound, we're a big like a lot, referral
0: hospital. That's it. I a mean, 1,000 births in my estimation sounds like a lot. That's um, a lot of babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, just out of interest, uh, Tamworth, is it a – I mean, I don't know. It's just a function of the way I think, I guess, because I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm ignorant on this, but – um, young girl coming out of a regional area, decides to do nursing. Is that like a normal thing? Is that like pretty th- much the, the process?
1: I think, and I'm going to say it's changed even in my time. Like I'm excited now about, like I mentor a few young girls and I'm excited about what happens. Oh, pardon the pun there on mentor. Um, but I'm excited about what, like regional Australia doesn't mean nursing, teaching, you know.
0: Did it then though?
1: I think it did a little. Yeah. yeah. I think it's changed a lot just in my time. Basically, I wanted to go to Sydney Uni. I wanted to go to a co-ed college because I'm a family of all girls. This doesn't sound very inspiring, but this is what I wanted to do. I'm a family of all girls who went to an all-girls school. I wanted to come to Sydney Uni, play hockey and go to a co-ed college. I picked a degree that I could do that. That was nursing. So you
0: didn't have a love of nursing. I had no
1: aspirations. I actually just thought, oh, well, there's the degree that meets what I want to do. You can travel with it. You'll always have a job. And in my first practical, like we do our practicals, I absolutely fell in love with it and I think it's the best profession.
0: Um, Nursing or or, midwife? Both, yeah.
1: Yeah. Hand in hand, really.
0: Yeah, and so it's it's not as if you were sort of inspired to do it by your mum or your dad, it's not as if your mum was a a nurse or a midwife or your dad was a doctor or midwife or whatever. Uh, It's just something you decided to uh, settle into a university degree that sort of – It gave you structure around the social life you wanted to have.
1: Pretty much. That's pretty terrible, isn't it? I spoke at my school last year and I was really honest about that. But through nursing has come some incredible opportunities for me that I wouldn't have without nursing and midwifery. So So how has
0: nursing developed you as a person?
1: um, I think probably the structure. It's a very structured job. Um, It's very task-orientated. It's a very task-focused. And I think now going into this entrepreneurial world, I've realised how structured, like I've worked for government for nearly 19 years where you're told what time you have morning tea and you're told what time you have lunch, you're told what time you give pills out. Everything is really structured and task-focused. That's how we are in the health world um, and outcome-focused. And now as I'm growing and learning about myself, I'm realising that that was some really good skills but it also is probably a little bit of a hindrance because that's how I run my household. That's how I expect everyone else to operate and behave. And in a way, it's it's challenging to come out of
0: that world. Well, it's probably limiting.
1: It's, it's limiting in that I expect everyone else to be task-focused. And I'm now learning a lot about other people. And when you're leading teams or working with teams that aren't so task-focused, I find that quite challenging.
0: So you've gone from... I guess you were maybe 19, 18, 19 when you did this mm. degree at the university. You did your, th- your uh, three, three years and an so extra year. And you spent a number of years getting your experiences. Um, you've been in Tamworth in the latter part of that period. And all of a sudden you've, the, light, the light switch has gone on. You've decided to do something different. Yeah. First tell me what that different thing is. What, what, what are you doing now?
1: And I don't think it was such a light switch. I think it was um, – so I grew up in Tamworth went away to Sydney, never thought I'd go back to Tamworth, always thought I'd be city girl Um, and my dad got sick and I'm the only health person in our family, youngest of four girls, so I came home to help mum and dad got better and then I was in Tamworth thinking, oh, gosh, you know, what now and started working at the local hospital, still thinking that I would go off and travel and go elsewhere. Absolutely have fallen in love with Tamworth. You know, I absolutely love where I live and... What I noticed year after year is more and more of our health services are leaving regional areas. So I was 36 weeks pregnant with Polly, you know, picture me an extra 20 kilos and our local maternity unit closed its doors. No community consultation. I was a midwife at the public hospital. I was having my baby at the public hospital. I was really pissed off basically that they'd just closed this whole private hospital maternity unit because the choice is then taken away. We had women that would travel 500 kilometres to come and birth at that hospital. And they also did really good antenatal classes or prenatal classes. And basically I just whinged about it for a while. And my husband's very pragmatic. And he said, I don't want to hear you whinge about this anymore unless you're going to do something about it. Um, and I very naively said, yeah, why don't I do something about it? And well, why did decided, it close? Tell me, tell me. So And then I got researching. So I'm a real researcher and I found out that 41% of maternity units have closed in Australia in the last 15 years, mainly regionally, regionally. mainly regional, rural and remote. Right. 41%. So we've nearly halved our maternity units. They're not profitable. Right. So I think a lot of it does come down to the dollar. Women who come, like birthing a baby is a normal, healthy process. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes things go, you know, and you have to have a caesarean section or there's interventions but they don't have long hospital stays. A lot of the private hospitals are closing them down. Midwives are really hard to find, particularly in regional areas. So we've got all these contributing factors, specialists not wanting to move out and live in regional Australia. So it's staffing, demand, and then, you know, the profit that, you know, to hospitals are still businesses. So we've had all these units close, which then means women have to leave their community, their family to go and birth their baby. And that just didn't make but, sense but to me. But
0: birth their baby at the public hospital though. No. no. So
1: some, like a lot of regional areas, like just for example, in my town, Tamworth, they've got Manila, Corindai, Gunnada, all three little small towns outside of Tamworth and Corindai and Manila's maternity units have closed in the time that I've been there. Right. So all these smaller communities are losing their maternity units. So that's
0: what you, that when you say they have to travel... 500 kilometres, or whatever it is, mm. um, that's where they're traveling to, from somewhere else to, to Tamworth
1: to birth their baby yeah, to the yeah. public hospital. Yep, yeah. yep.
0: And there's no private hospital there No, now either, not now, not now, because yep. it closed down as well. Yep. Because, and the private hospital was not just a maternity private hospital, it was a private hospital, still in a ginger. private
1: hospital, and the private hospital still exists. They right. just closed maternity,
0: just closed the maternity section mm. because maternity, there's no money,
1: well, not Must as be. much that's in rehab. So they replaced it with a rehabilitation unit. Rehab being rehabilitation, so recovering from recovering. injuries n- processes. N- not, not,
0: not because you've been on the drink or something.
1: Oh no, no, no. Yes, sorry. <laughs> not drug and alcohol rehab. No, no, okay. Physical just, rehab. J-
0: just re- yeah, just getting better. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. So so okay. So you're what you've done is you've recognised that there's a problem. Yep. That, and the problem is there's no supply for the demand, and the demand being people want to have kids. Mm either in a private hospital in the maternity mm. section yeah. or alternatively they just want to go into the maternity section in a hospital in their area, but it's been closed down as well. So you've seen that there's a now a demand for, because people still are still going to have kids. Yeah, I guess it also means you have to determine that the area, like I think you said, Manila. Yeah, okay. yep. those those areas are going to continue to have um, growth in in birthing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, and I don't know. Is there a resurgence in country areas? There
1: is. Look, there's a lot of regional growth. I actually just went to something, and again, like I'm the biggest fan of Tamworth, but I went to a lunch with our local member, and we're looking at you know Wagga and Tamworth having a hundred thousand population in the next you know. I don't know, Between five to ten years. No, no, each. Yep. You know, we're currently 60,000. So that's really exciting. There is growth in regional yeah, wow. Australia. Um, But we need the health services there to sustain that. And that's kind of my passion. I can't build a maternity unit. So it was like, well, what can I do? So I just started delivering um private prenatal classes. And it was really just, you know, private no bis- Private
0: prenatal. Pre, okay, let's stop there. Yeah. Private prenatal classes means what?
1: Okay, so did you... When you had your
0: children, go to a hospital. Going back a long while. Oh,
1: there we go. Well, do you remember going to a (laughs) hospital? No, I never went
0: to a hospital once for any prenatal anything. Okay. Um, um, I wasn't even there for two of the births, so I've got four kids. Yep. Oh, one one of the births I was in Singapore working, so uh, no, unfortunately, no. Right. So I'm not a I'm not a good. Uh, You're benchmark. not my good
1: case study, no. Mark. But the traditional hospital model yeah, is yeah. that you go over five or six evenings or a weekend with your partner yeah. and learn how to prepare to birth your baby.
0: Right. Okay. That's very common. That's a new process for me. But yes. Yeah, but um relatively not new though. I guess. No.
1: Pretty. No. Like really, um, and it's probably quite what I see is a bit of an outdated way now of doing it. But we'll we'll get into that. Anyway, so a lot of people couldn't access these classes. Because so, those
0: private sections have all closed yep, down. Yep, all closed. So I'm out of Mindy or – Mindy was that? Manila. Manila. Yep. Um, I'm out Manila and I'm, I'm pregnant or my, my partner's pregnant and um, we can't go to any of these prenatal classes because they just don't exist. Yep, exactly. Because it's been closed down. That's right. Okay.
1: So we started teaching classes what? in Tamworth. You went there? I, no, no, I – in Tamworth. Yeah. Which is for, – Manila's 45 minutes away – And for five years I've been teaching prenatal classes, so how to know you when you're in labour, what the stages of labour look like, what your pain relief options are. We do yoga, massage, how to communicate as a parent, breastfeeding, like absolutely everything you need to know as a parent. And I think we had a really – I have a unique way of teaching, no judgement. So every pregnant woman or every woman that's ever had a baby and is listening to this is going to say that you get sick of the opinions like the minute you're pregnant, everyone imparts their opinion. Nothing about Birthbeat, which is my company, is opinion-based. It's all evidence-based and I love teaching. And so I just started teaching these classes once a month. They became hugely popular and from a business perspective, I actually got pretty overwhelmed by the whole thing last year. One month we had a couple that travelled from Cobar, which is 500 kilometres away, paid for two nights accommodation. They weren't birthing in Tamworth. They were birthing in Dubbo. But, and I talk to my women all the time. I was like, why are you here? And she's like, well, we heard Birth Beats the best. And I was like, oh, you know, that's exciting. And I was excited, but, that, but also really angry that she had to travel 500 kilometres each way, pay two nights accommodation, spend a weekend off the farm. I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And then the next month, a couple came from Sydney. And I was like, oh, come on, like I know you have options in Sydney and I know you have really quality options, same thing. We heard Birthbeats the Best and it's all just been social media and word of mouth. And then I thought, wow, well, what can I do? And I thought about franchising and I thought about, you know, growing the business nationally that way and that overwhelmed me. Um, and I read a book, Lean Canvas, and just wrote out a plan, a really quick 20-minute business plan to take Birthbeat online. I felt like that was the answer to how do we get this out to all of rural and regional Australia. When I did up that plan at the same time, I saw a competition for Commonwealth Bank Innovation Award and so I entered that business plan and we won. We were the national winner, which was hugely exciting and spent a few days with Commonwealth Bank in their user experience innovation lab and started to learn about the online world. So that was kind of my catalyst. So your for... business
0: plan won, won this innovation yeah, award? Yeah. And did they help you build? They did, yeah.
1: We built did a... you build it
0: yourself? Or I the, did, the website? yeah.
1: So um, badly, you badly. You, what did
0: you use? What's I was software? on
1: business catalyst and I had a local girl in Tamworth help me build it, but I built the online education portal myself. Um, again, got a quote for $12,000. Didn't have $12,000, so built it myself. A lot of Googling. I wouldn't recommend anyone out there do this themselves. I spent many, many hours on it. But now our new portal went live last night. And I think you get an understanding for, well, what do I need? What are they charging me here? You know, it, it was a good learning experience.
0: Let's but- go back a bit. Um, before I go to the break, I just want to cover, cover off something. So a lot of people get inspired by the sort of thing you were doing. Today, they will get inspired by this. They go, wow, that's a good idea. I have a good idea. Maybe I could uh, follow what you've done. And the process of, it's all about the process, uh, uh, which leads to the success, assuming that there is demand and that you can supply and you have the skill to supply. The process for you, though, was you identify the problem. You had a crack at it in a physical sense. In other words, you started holding classes. You may well become overwhelmed, but at the same time, you were delighted that people liked your class and the content and the execution. Hey, delivered it. So that's your first testing point. Yeah. You were. Can I ask you a question? At that time, were you still working? Yes. So you kept your main job. Yes. So what you did is you de-risked your outcomes by saying, like, okay, I'm not going to throw away, away the business, that my my day job. Yeah. I'm going to do this at night or whatever whenever yep. you could do it at night. And um, But you kept – cause the other thing was good cash flow because you're going to have cash flow. Um, so the main job you as a nurse was uh, paying the bills. Then you got to a point where you thought to yourself, wait a minute, there's people coming from all over the place, not just locally, but sort of coming from Sydney and other places like Dubbo. Um, maybe I could, I could execute this online so you build a business plan, but you did it yourself. You didn't go and spend tens of thousands of dollars paying some sort of expert to build it. You entered that business plan into a competition, which um, could, you know, f- fortunately you know was around at the time. But the plan met all their criteria. You won. Yep. You then spent a bit of time in the user, user experience lab. Yep. Which is the CBA. I mean, but they all have Telstra, have them. Yeah. NAB has them. Everyone's got these events. Google does it, etc. And people should know this. They should mm. look for this stuff. And then off the back of that, you went and build a website to be able to push out your content at scale. Yeah. Right. That That's that's what you That did. is beautiful that, that's, summary. That's the process. Absolutely. And that process it. is the same process just about for every online business, mm. not just your business. And I just think listeners need to know that is the process. That is, you know, if I was to write out for somebody what I think the A-grade process is, is, that is exactly what I would write out. Yeah. And I would just take out the nursing bit, but I – Scaling your content, that's the process, whether it's nursing or anything.
1: Exactly. And I think now, so I've now gone on and done a, I've joined an incubator. I've done a 12-week accelerator down here. And now I know that I just happened to be doing it. It was probably not an intentional thing, but became the expert, tested my product, knew there was a demand. Now I've built a very scalable, low-touch, automated online business. Okay.
0: We're going to go to the break and I want to come back and talk about the incubator, the accelerator. I want to talk about your, your experience in that. And then I want to talk to you about how do you achieve scale in terms of awareness? Okay. Okay. I'm here with Edwina Sharrick. What I failed to do, Edwina, was actually say the name of your business. And You said it once. We only said it <laughs> once, which is bad because- we are on a, a, a podcast here and I should be saying BirthBeat, BirthBeat, BirthBeat. The name of Edwina's business is called BirthBeat, B-E-A-T, one word? Yes. BirthBeat.com.au? That's it. Okay. And BirthBeat is an online content business about all the stuff you need to know between the day you conceive to the day you deliver and probably beyond that as well.
1: That is absolutely spot on. Okay. And I'm terrible at selling it. Do you know what I mean? Like I think that's good. I know, and that's one of my things. I'm passionate about doing what I do, but people say I always talk about it, and they're like, "You didn't tell us how much it was. You didn't tell us how we could access it, and you didn't tell us the name of the website." And I was like, "Oh gosh, I
0: forgot to do do all that." You got you got two minutes. (laughs) Pitch me.
1: Okay, so Birthbeat is the one-stop shop for expecting parents that can be accessed nationally. It's run by registered midwives. It's obstetric recognised, and private health rebates apply. You can just go to birthbeat.com.au. It's one payment of $297, 12 months access and a 30-day money-back guarantee.
0: 12-month access. Yep. So in other words, you get access to this website for 12 months. Yeah,
1: because we have the prenatal yoga stretch relaxation. You can do that prenatally and postnatally, plus the breastfeeding, you know, the breastfeeding tips and tricks. You might want that three months down the track, how to swaddle your baby, how to safely sleep your baby. So. I wanted to be generous with how long I gave women to access. It sounds this sounds like
0: a fair price.
1: It, it look that that's my question for you at the end. Oh, we'll, we'll actually, talk about it later it just <laughs> sounds like a
0: bit cheap. But anyway, look,
1: I I've had that comment from a lot of sort of coaches and business people. It's too cheap. People will perceive it as not having the value. But again, remembering that I'm from regional New South Wales, and at the moment, two hundred ninety seven dollars in a lot of Australia is still a heck of a lot of money. You know, we're in a drought. I don't want to add pressure to a relationship, a lot of women are preparing to leave work or go to a single income, and it doesn't sit well in my gut to feel like it's an it's an expense that they can't afford. I well, want this to be accessible for everyone.
0: Well, you could always have a discount for people living in drought-stricken areas. I was
1: thinking a scholarship or something like that. Yeah. Where, anyway. well, we'll come back to that yeah.
0: <laughs> one. But I, no, I think that pitch was pretty good, um, but I think it lacked a bit of colour.
1: It was very commercial, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it looked sounded a little rehearsed, but that's good because it covered all the you know, the beats were right. It covered everything off. Um, I just like um, you know maybe a little bit more colloquial. You're a country girl, so you know like uh, you know, I mean that's an appealing thing. Yeah, for Australians especially. Yeah, um, it looks like it's honest and it's real, and uh, so maybe I'd be playing on that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll give you an example. Like John Simons was the genius at marketing. I mean, in his Aussie homelands business, and um, John gave theatre to his pitch based on the way he looked and also his sort of twang in his um, accent. I mean, his call away line was, you know, we'll save you, which is sort of quite brilliant Um, because people don't really, you know, at the end of the day, people like to be saved, but most people don't even know what he's saving you from. Yeah. But, you know, we'll save you is a pretty good call. And I I, I know he got it from, I know the guy who come up with the tagline, an advertising mate of mine. My cousin, who I didn't realise was my cousin until about uh, three years ago, He's a Greek guy.
1: A good Greek family. Uh, uh, but
0: his his grandmother came from the same. It was my grandmother's sister came from the same village in Greece. But uh, and he told me, he and I worked it out one day when we were having we were sitting standing around at a barbecue. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, point being is um, I just would like to see a bit more colour and a bit more your personality come out of it. And your personality to me, I don't know, but your personality to me being. A country girl, a nurse, and you could play on that a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. John comes across as, you know, we'll save you and that blah blah. We'll save you, but in fact, he overplays that character. Yeah, um, you've got to overplay it a bit. John is not like that, to be honest with you. Like he's, uh, he lives in Point Piper. He's got the you know massive ship these days. He lives in the Mediterranean. So like, but nonetheless, if he stood here in front of you now, and or you watched him on a video, you'd still think he's the same guy. So we overplays the theater of it. So I'd like yeah. to see a little bit more overplaying the theater. You probably didn't expect to have to do that now, but I'm sure you can, you can play this up. So we'll look after you from, you know, the day you conceived to the day you deliver and thereafter. I mean, I don't know. I yeah. don't know what the words are, but just play around with it. But you covered it. Your content was good, you covered everything off pricing. Where do I find you? Kerry Packer said to me once, he said, we did these ads for when I was at wizard. We did these ads and, um, we got an advertising agency and, uh, the agency come up with this really cool concept. It was a, they drew up on the, you know, the proposal a thing that was sort of like a, it looked like a bit like a turd, but it was life size <laughs> and it had some eyes and wrinkles all over it. And it, they called it the mortgage beast. And um, this mortgage beast had, um, we we actually got a, I don't know, how, I, I don't know how you describe it, it as a, a dwarf got inside the, this, um, Mortgage Beats outfit costume, which we built, and um, would run up to the family, and we played this really spooky music, um, and it was... His family sitting there having dinner, and his Mortgage Beats walked in... And And, uh, it was supposed to represent the scary mortgage. And then the father... And then we say, well, come to visit Home Loans. And the father picks the beast up and puts it on his lap and spanks the beast. Now, <laughs> we got in a bit of trouble over it, but it doesn't matter. And, but it was funny. And the agency sold it because it was cool. It was funny. It was out there. got plenty of attention. Probably the wrong attention, but it got plenty of attention. And uh, Kerry rang me up and he said, son, I want you to come and see me. He saw the ad. He said, uh, that is the worst fucking ad I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. He said, get rid of it. He said, all people want to know is. He said, "I want you need to look straight down the camera." He said, "They want to know what it is you're selling." Yeah. In like ten words. Yeah. How much it is? And in those days, we didn't have internet, but in how much it is, and where do I contact you? You know, just in other words, your phone number thirty nine and seventy. In those days, we didn't even have a website. But he said, "Just keep it simple." Yeah. And and John Simms did that very well. I used to stare down the camera, and and that's what I ended up doing, just staring at the camera and delivering. Now I spent like two hundred thousand or something getting this mortgage beast ad. And the thing cost me like ten grand to build, like yeah. the the beast outfit. And the, the poor guy used to have to get in it. He was nearly pass out because it was he started <laughs> so sweating gosh. and stuff. And uh it was just pretty full on. But but it was all about my ego and the ego of the agency and us getting carried away with you know who we thought we were and all that sort of stuff. So I just want to put you keep it nice and simple but put your character into it. Yeah. You're the girl. Yeah. You're the person. You know, it's about you to some extent, about your story, then you want people to go back and uh, research you yeah. and find out what your story is. where well, you can actually tell them the whole story then and who you are, why you did it, you know, what your higher purpose is, which objective is, the sorts of things That's you're talking it. about. That's it.
1: And like I have a big, strong, lofty vision. You know, this isn't just about me. This is bigger than me. Birth beats even bigger than that. I want women and their partners to have their best birth experience. Like, that's it. Bettering your birth experience. i can see people in Africa using this or India or somewhere where
0: they'd have no access to anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And they don't expect it either. Yeah. You know, they've never expected it. So so I think your pitch is good, but like pricing, we'll talk about your pricing in a moment. So I want to go back a step in terms of testing when you did the user experience, experience with CBA. Yeah. Did you do any testing of what your proposition was?
1: Yeah, so that was uh, that was an opportunity where they actually brought in people who were expecting or just had a baby or had young children and we put the product up there and we ran it and that was a pretty confronting experience. You're sitting in one room and there's people next door going through your website and looking at the portal and I remember one of them saying, um, oh, about three pages in, she's a midwife, right, she doesn't say that anywhere. I was like, oh, shit, you know. Yep. Then the next lady says, "Um." It looks scammy and like she's trying to help me to lose weight. I'm sitting there thinking, Whoa. oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> like yeah, this terrible. was,
1: sorry, I don't know. I don't... Yeah, yeah I was... okay. I was just so confronted and gutted. I'd put my, you know, soul into building this, but everything was actually right. It was people's cynical. It was... But it was, they were all spot on. Yeah. They were all spot on and it was the best feedback. So that night I then sat in the motel. They'd, you know, put me up in a motel and built out another platform. And then they helped me to build that the next day, and we tested it again. And just now, I've learned about split testing and user experience, and I test everything. So,
0: so how important? Because you know, a lot of people again listening to this, they don't test their proposition.
1: You, you have to test.
0: And and, and 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 I've said this before on this show. Like, let's not think that somebody will love our product because we think they will love our product. Mm. Let's find out what they want out of a product, what they actually want, yeah. and then deliver it.
1: And that's why I talk to my women all the time. I don't talk to, you know, like friends and family are always going to tell you, oh, it's a great idea. Squad. Yeah, but they're not the ones paying for it. You need to talk to the ones that are actually paying for it. So I engage a lot with my women on social media and I talk to them a lot over, you know, emails and things um, and continually evolving the product. So that's the beauty of it being my little baby so that it's exactly what women want, and dads. Like we've had two dads that did it. They were having a baby over in the States. Where do two dudes go and do a class? They can now do it online, comfort of their own home, and then go to America and be prepared for their birth of their baby.
0: Right. So I, I think people are listening to some, I mean, I know in one of the episodes of The Mentor of the TV show, um, the, the young lady, Connie, was um, proposing a business that prepared little lunch and big lunch for kids in primary school, which was – Delivered to the parents, or all, all at the beginning of the week, or the beginning of the week about to happen, and um, and one of the things I found out that she hadn't done any research. Well, she had; she done as you just said. She mm. did with her family and her friends, which everyone encouraged her, and uh, ultimately she, it turned out she had the wrong product and she had the wrong pricing. Everything was wrong. Um, but then we took it to the schools and we did some proper user experience and some testing, proper mm. testing. And then she went back and she re- re-jigged it yeah. and came out with a better, better product, which all the kids and the parents, they loved it, and the school loved it too, for that matter. Um, this process of your first initiation when you are doing the Commonwealth Bank user experience process, when – I would like to explain to everybody, I mean, apart from being confronting um, and you have to make the changes, how do you go about refining it all the time? Because it never, you never get it right. Ultimately, you never, you always got to think in a paranoid way. Like, have I got this right? You got to continually yeah. be have a, a a healthy level of paranoia about your product.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great way of putting it. A healthy level of paranoia. So, I use all my analytics. We've just started with Facebook ads to advertise. So, I should clarify, like, I'm painting Birthbeat as this product that is just direct to parents. But since doing the accelerator, we're now B two B and engaging with corporates where they put that with their health and wellbeing package again, didn't exist. So HR are going, yes, this is when we can have that conversation with our staff about getting them to come back before they've even gone and mm. showing the value. So that's hugely exciting from a cash flow perspective that we know that we have those contracts in place annually. And they'll pay more to, and, and, yeah, exactly. Um, and though that private health is rebating this. So that's actually changed around their rules and regulation. They didn't recognise online education. So for people who live, again, outside of cities, you got your private health insurance, you're a fit, healthy woman, you can now do Birthbeat and get a rebate back through your health insurer. So there have been the, the big wins
0: for and us. And I read the brief, you were the only one in that category. At the yep. moment we are. You had to get an like uh, education accreditation. Yep. Is that what yep. it is?
1: Yep, and yep. get a provider number with the health insurers right. and go through a lot of that process. And everyone says to me, oh, you know, you're going to go and advertise this and I'm happy to share it. Like people are going to copy. I was like, I hope they do. I hope they do. Let's normalise childbirth education. It just means that there's more choice for women. That's a good thing. But there's pressure on me to stay the best.
0: Yeah, we also the first first usually is the best. Um, you get the fir- you get the first mover advantage. Yeah, you got the first. We've mover just got advantage. to hold on to that. You just got to make sure you're not the pioneer who gets crushed on the way through. Mm. But, but you certainly got first mover advantage in terms of brand. Yeah, yeah, your brand is the first, which means you own the territory for the moment. Um. And then, then it's up to you. Yeah, you know, you got to you got to be ahead of the pack. It's, there's nothing better than competitive pressure to stay number one. Yeah, that's right. And, if you and I am fiercely competitive. <laughs> I'm sure you are. And if and if and, uh, and if you can't do it, then you don't deserve to be there. Yeah, that's fine. And even if, by the way, if you turn number two or three, it's okay too. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you compete on the way through. So, uh, so we we just covered. I just want to backtrack now because I I don't want to miss anything because this is a, a good business. It started off as a. A startup, obviously, um, and I don't want to miss all the important ingredients that you have got it, you have experienced to get it to where it is. In terms of, I mean, the obvious one here is how do you market this? I mean, mm. what have you been doing to tell people about this? Yeah, and I think what mediums have you used?
1: I think you summed up. The first few steps so beautifully, like just boom, 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 you tested, you had the, and then I went into a business incubator locally Yep. and then joined the HCF Catalyst Accelerator here in Sydney, which was done by Slingshot Accelerators. That gave me the tools to then, how do we market? How do we sign contracts? How do we engage with corporates? So I've now got three different distribution so models.
0: So about the incubator. Yep. I don't mind saying about on the show. But what incubator are you going to? Smart
1: Regional Incubator. Yeah, so that's it's a University of, of New England out right. of Tamworth. Awesome.
0: Yep. So Regional Incubator. Explain to everyone what an incubator does.
1: So an incubator is like somewhere, it's an office space that's funded by Jobs for New South Wales and University of New England. I actually joined it because I got a Jobs for New South Wales grant. And, I, you know, I think that's a, another step in the process, like go out and find the grants that apply to your product. And I was wanting to join the accelerator. You had to be a part of an incubator. And now I use that. It's a shared working space. Each month we meet with an expert in residence, so a business expert that comes and, you know, not friends and family, someone that can thrash yep. the ideas out with you and say, like, that's a fucking stupid idea, Edwina. Yeah, totally. Why would you do that? Yep. And I need that. Like, I need to be challenged. I've got thick skin. But I don't want to be told the whole time, yes, yeah, it's a good idea. This is a good idea. Like, challenge me. And he challenges me, which is great, and then holds you accountable.
0: And then, and have that, you done that? Have then you done that? how did you go that? from there, from the incubator to the accelerator?
1: Yeah. So, then, I um, can't remember who told me. Someone told me about the HCF Catalyst Program, which was looking for health tech startups. And I applied and I was really lucky to get through to the final round. He was that held? Here in Sydney at Tankstream Labs. Yep. Um, so at the Sydney so they Startup Hub. The
0: Labs, they, they Yeah, they of, have
1: yep. space there um, and spent 12 weeks in Sydney. So pretty challenging on the family front. Um, but, yeah, I just 100% committed, did the 12 weeks, just graduated six weeks ago and got the distribution deal now with HCF.
0: Right. I think you would need to explain – what does that mean? Like if HCF, let's call it, sponsors you into one of these accelerators, what did you have to give away?
1: At 10%. Mm-hmm. So, and 10% of your business? 10% of my business, but I got 50000 for that at the pre-seed round. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in terms of finding funding, that's what we did. Um, Artesian, a VC company, invested 10% and that's – That's how we got into the program.
0: But you also got out of that a distribution deal with HCF as well. I did.
1: So it's not a guaranteed deal with HCF. You work with them for the 12 weeks. They were excellent to work with. And, again, a distribution deal just means our product is being advertised through their networks. Well, that's big. It's huge. They have 6,000 births a year and they've got 1.5 million members. So Mm. it's a great win for us. Yeah, it's a
0: great platform to be on. So I guess to some extent that's the way you're – Building awareness for your product I and your service. But a
1: lot of social media as well. Okay. That's I, where our mums
0: are. I want to go now on that. Okay. Social media. Tell me about that. Because okay. I mean, it's, a, it's an obvious one. Um, you know, I can just see an Instagram photograph of a happy mum with a baby being yeah. born, and all that sort of stuff. So tell me, what do you mean? Hashtag
1: birthbeatbubs. That's where you can see all our babies. Our mums engage with us so much. So they have their babies, they send me a lovely email, text message. Direct message with a photo of them, their baby. You know, tell me about their birth experience, and then we share all that on social media. Right. So I think that's actually a really good thing to hear about other women's birth experiences. You know, positive, negative, whatever that was for that woman, and then we share that, and that gets a lot of a lot of feeds. We do a lot of short educational videos. Um, we did a how to bath a baby. It's had seven hundred sixty thousand views been shared you know over 400 times that kind of thing is really good for the organic side of things but i do also do facebook ads now that we've gone national
0: right so because i mean i would have thought to me instagram videos is like apart from your own website made for babies being bathed or these sorts of events like it's just it's a bit like food on instagram or clothes on instagram you know, yeah, or, it's guys or girls wearing great bodies you know all that sort of stuff bikinis or holidays and I but this is babies this is perfect this, yeah. I mean Instagram is about sharing with your family and your friends and anyone else might be interested what your baby what's, what what you're doing with the kid yeah exactly yeah, it's so perfect.
1: it and again you know I was probably pretty naive going into it I just enjoy doing it I enjoy sharing and now I'm realizing the value of that to distribute it and get it out to all of Australia is phenomenal
0: and how many people do you have? Now, is would you have members?
1: Yeah, we've had over a th- so I've taught face to face over a thousand, and since going online, we've got one hundred and sixty members online. Yeah. So and, do you,
0: do, and how do you do you do do you do all, personally do all the content? Yes, is, is it you?
1: Yes, it's all my IP, but we've also teamed no, and up. No, you
0: personally, do you actually get on and say hi, ladies yep. or guys, yep. whatever? And um, it's all
1: pre filmed, so the right. whole portal is all pre filmed. Yep. It's automated; it just sits there evergreen. Yep. But we also have a prenatal yoga instructor and a breastfeeding consultant and a sleep and settle specialist.
0: So you can really keep the cost down. It's not as if you have to train hundreds of people to do all this. Do you sort of say to your uh, people who register with you and pay the money, et cetera, um, or can I just go back, do you have like a a free – one like we can get on there. You don't have to pay any money. You can just sort of look at some old stories or something like that. I've
1: got demos on the website. So right. demo videos. If you just hit watch, watch free demo. Right.
0: Free so demo. they can
1: get a feel for what the classes look like. How my delivery is. You know, yeah, is yeah. it the right feel for them?
0: And then, and then what you do is you, um, from there they go into once they've had a, a taste of the deal, they can go in and actually engage with you. Probably for yep. for, for the two hundred. What is it? 200?
1: 297. We've got a closed Facebook page as well where the women can interact personally with me.
0: So you got a community going on. But
1: now the women are answering each other.
0: That's what I mean. You got a community going on. So you've got people chat to chat, peer to peer.
1: Yeah, and like sharing product ideas or oh I did this or I was induced and I liked this, I'm breach, I did this. And they're answering each other.
0: And when do you when do you start advertising on your of other people's products? So like you know, huggies or something like that. Is that sort of stuff gonna happen?
1: Ah, uh, look.
0: Are you at that point yet?
1: I'm not. I also, I don't know if I, like, so I think of, I am my avatar, mm. you know, and if I was seeing advertising on a course that I've paid for, I don't know if that sits well with me. So it's not something that I've started to explore yet.
0: Mm. So be careful. I know.
1: I'm not saying no. I'm just saying. Because
0: people might be saying, uh, what do you think is the best product for blah? Yeah. You, and I mean, and
1: again, that's into that slippery slope of opinion. And everything about birthbeat is that it's evidence-based. I'm not telling you what you mm. should do. I'm saying you should go and make that decision and then it's an empowered decision.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure about that bit. Maybe reviews. I don't know. Yeah, maybe reviews mm. or you might get something from Choice Magazine. I don't know. But. My gut feeling is there is I'm like I'm a pragmatist. I mean, there's money to be made here. Um, sometimes the money part of it's got to elevate above.
1: I know, the- but my concern is as an expecting mother, so many marketers work on that mum guilt, and that just doesn't sit well with me. Like you need this product to be the best mum. That's bullshit. You don't. You are your best mum. You actually don't need to be buying a whole lot of stuff that makes okay, you a good mum. Why don't you
0: say this? Why don't you say? Why don't you keep? That part of your website, pure. Yeah. And you say, listen, by the way, there's another section. Yeah. You don't have to go there, but yeah. if you want to go there, I've gone through a whole list of stuff that people have been hounding me to sell them on, on on the website. Um, this is the stuff that I reckon right now is the be- working the best. Yeah. If you don't want to go there, you want to stay on the on the on the pure. It stay yeah. there. Yeah. Otherwise, and there's a wall. That, you know that you have to jump over the wall to get into that. other And I'm area. not
1: going to sell you crap.
0: I'm not going to say anything uh, yeah. that I don't believe in. Yeah. But it's up to you. I don't, I don't care whether you go there or not. And just but, but, say, but there are a lot of people asking me. Yeah. What do I recommend? So yeah. I've got to serve both parts of my community. Yeah. So if you don't want to go there, it's an opt in or opt. It's an opt in as opposed to an opt out. Yeah. Okay. So you you want to go there? opt in? You go there. You don't have to opt out because I'm not going to be in your face with this stuff. You don't even have to have a look. In other words, you can divide up. But they yeah. Put a wall there. Um, after which they jump, go over the wall, they can start. They can they can opt into the commercial side of the business.
1: I think you've just given me gold, and I'm glad this is being recorded.
0: <laughs> well, well, that's that's one way of doing it. Because yeah. What you got to try and do is satisfy both sides, because yeah. your heart says, I don't want to hit those people who are here for a pure reason, yeah, a non-commercial reason. They're here for the pure reason, but there are going to be people going to say, I wonder what she thinks about. This particular nappy, or this, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever, um, whatever it is. I don't yeah. even know what the products are, but I mean. Oh, there's so many. Oh, I'm, I'm so sure there many. is. Um, well, I, I'm sort of learning because I got a grandson. He's <laughs> 10 months old. And, uh, but like, and I, because I, 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 I went to um, Baby Kingdom on yep. Saturday to buy my grandson. I, I thought like, he comes over, I have to get a, a thing to put him in to, to feed him. Like, High I, chair. Well, I didn't get. A, I want to get a high chair, but I want to get something like that. You know, like at least the thing where he's got a tray in front of him. He's strapped in because I've been putting him on my knee, and he's wriggling and straggling, and he's <laughs> flicking the spoon everywhere. Yeah, shit's going. Yeah, that's right. And my house is not built for this. And I freak him <laughs> out, so I thought I'll go there and I'll, and also I, I want to buy him a cot because I thought he's, you know, he's got when he comes over. My son brings him over. He's got to go to some study. He brings him over. He's there for five or six hours. You got to put him down for a sleep. I've been trying to put him on my chest. I'm carrying yeah. him around. He weighs about a million <laughs> kilos. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of it, I'm exhausted, you know. So that I go up and get myself a cot. And I walk into Baby Kingdom. My God, mm. I couldn't believe the amount of things there. Like, it was just stuff everywhere. And in the end, a young girl, she was very helpful, but my, maybe she she's about 20. I'm taking advice from a 20-year-old, and I've got four sons of my own and a yeah. grandson. And I'm thinking, well, you're an idiot, Mark. Like, you don't know anything. So I, so I would look to sites like mm. yours if I was a new father or a new grandfather for that matter yeah um just to see what you recommend because yeah. I mean I'm looking for someone to say this is what you should get yeah or these are the things that I reckon are pretty good yeah. I'm not looking to sue anybody but at the same time there'd be other people I can see who just want to just get pure advice from you and yeah. they don't want to be commercialized so I just maybe that's just the thought I had in my mind um that had to do this um, look, we're going to run short of time and because I know the attention span of my listeners is about 40 minutes <laughs> and we've done 220s. So I'm going to go straight into the what's the one question you have for me and already know what that one question yeah. is, but articulate it for me.
1: Well, so again, like I've spoken to so many people in Sydney and Melbourne who say 297 is too cheap. People that perceived value around the quality of the product, and it is a really quality product, and I know that I deliver a lot of content. So my concern I, like it's not my concern I just would like your opinion
0: on that I don't know if 297 is too cheap or not but I because I mean I'm obviously not in this market but it sounds cheap to me yes. for the amount of stuff you're going to get and and also I think that there is premiums to be charged around importance of the knowledge the content you provide so this is about your child being born now I'm not saying you can charge more because oh, a kid's more precious I don't mean mm. that it's about the risk of something going wrong or the advantages of everything going better. Yeah. So people should be prepared to pay more money for that. Yeah. And 297 to me, sounds way too cheap. You also run the risk of under by underpricing and by, of undermining your product yeah. and, and or your service. Um, the question for me is how do you do it in such a way that you don't burn the regional people mm. for whom $290 is a lot every mm. month? Because, you know, they might be suffering drought, they might be suffering all sorts of other um, dramas compared to, say, the people in Sydney who are, might be on huge incomes and they're just looking for the best outcomes. Yeah. And I wonder whether, I mean, how governments do this, or they do it as a means testing, but I wonder whether or not um, you just sit down and explain your dilemma either verbally or in writing or both and you just say, look, this is my dilemma. I, I don't want to burn the regional people who are doing it tough. Mm. but At the same time, I need to charge a greater price for what I'm, Producing because it's costing me more mm. money as I go along. So what I'm going to trial out is if you're an regional person and you show me your postcode, and I'm going to accept your your word for it that you know postcode driven um, that your your price will be blah. And but if you're not from the regional area, then I'm going to have to charge you more money. Yeah, and just try it out. Yep. Just see. I think you can play with pricing, I, I, and if as long as you're honest, mm. as long as you're not trying to stick it into everybody mm. and just sneaking up on them sort of get you there for 296 and you know this is the old um, um uh, uh, bait and switch type deal you know i bait you in and yep. i switch you into a higher price
1: yeah so it doesn't sit well with Don't me
0: so, and it, well the way you get around that is actually to, just to be honest mm. because people who bait and switch are usually dishonest mm. and they're sneaking up on you yeah you're you're it's again it's part of your fabric it's who you are your honesty you're a regional person you're from the country you say it up front. You say it honestly. You say, I, you know, I I need do need to charge more money for the service because it's business is blown out. I got more yeah. more staff, more costs, everything. But at the same time, I don't want to lose my roots, and I don't want to burn those people who are doing it tough. So uh, maybe if you're from r- regional Australia and um and uh, you know you're in a drought stricken area, my pricing will be fixed for the next six months, yeah, or the next twelve months, whatever. Yeah. Anyone who joins us for the next six months or twelve months, I'm just giving you some ideas. If you're not from those areas and you come from, uh, and you're a two family income, I, I have to charge you more money. Mm. Now you know, and you don't have to make it five hundred. I no. mean, you just right. say fifty bucks more, a hundred bucks, and if it's reasonable, I think people deal with it. Mm. It's where you don't explain it, and you and you don't say to people face to face, straight down the lens, yeah. that you get you you get a, a negative effect on you, and and there's no reason why you should charge the original people more money anyway. Yeah. You don't have to. No, you can give them a discount. Don't, and I wouldn't say it's a discount. I wouldn't speak in those terms. I, I wouldn't say it's a discount for people who come from the country and a premium because the, then mm. it means there's a premium for people in the city. Yeah, I just say I want to help out. Yeah, but like use language yeah. that probably expresses what you're trying to do. Because as soon as soon as you start to put it in a box, people then will go the on the opposite side and say discount premium.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Oh, premium. I want the discount. Yeah. You don't talk in those terms. You say, I want to help out and just leave it in those terms. Like the NRMA has great advertising. They talk about help. Yeah. That's sort of what you're doing. Yeah. And that's truly totally. what you believe exactly. in. exactly. And if you say it, yeah, and I'm looking at you right now, I think you have a believable manner about you. Yeah. So I would do that. Okay. And, and, but explain where you're at. You know, this business has taken off. You know, there's a lot more expenses. You have to make money out of this. Otherwise, it's not going to work.
1: Well, it doesn't continue yeah. if I
0: don't. And 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 uh, you know, you've been overwhelmed by the, the the you know what's happened in the business. and You're really glad, and you're sort of have a great deal of gratitude for everybody who's supporting you. But you want to continue to deliver the best possible product and service. So therefore, I have to charge more money. So, but I'm going to continue to look after and help out those people in regional areas because I know regional Australia is suffering. Yeah. And and you say I'm going fi- to and by doing that, I'm just going to fix my price for the next six months. Give yourself a bit of flex.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And um, and, test so, it. And, and test it and test it. See what happens. Yeah. See what the feedback is. Yeah. And then you, you might lose a few, but at the same time, you know, you're always gonna, you're not gonna, you can't make everyone happy. No, All that's right.
1: Definitely the case.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, and that's it's been great. a great day. I really enjoyed it. I'm sorry you fell over on the way here, but <laughs> for me, it's worth it. You've been awesome.
1: I'm very happy to be here too. Thanks, Mark. Thanks very much. <laughs>